Hello and welcome to the Flavoured Podcast. I am Grazia Giuliani and today I have the great pleasure to have with me Monica Fernandez Arco. Monica represents the great gift of humanity. Monica is a photographer, collector of original tribal jewellery and textile. She has travelled the world on her own and she has also gone through many, many unusual and off-the-beaten-track destinations where it takes not only curiosity but also courage to get to. Monica, a very, very warm welcome to the Flavoured Podcast. Hi, Gracia. I'm very thankful to give me the chance to have this talk. And okay, I'm ready to answer your each one of your questions. Fantastic. And, um, well, this is going to be a journey. It really is going to be a journey all around the world because Monica, you have traveled the world um, on your own and sometimes with, um, with, with, other, with other people, but mainly on your own. And you have gone through unusual and off the beaten track destinations where it takes not only curiosity, but also courage to be able to address any kind of situation. Can you name um, some of the most unusual places you've traveled to and let's say, because there are a myriad of them, um, just a couple of very unusual encounters you've had through your journeys. Okay, first of all, I want to say that I'm not an English uh, native speaker and I have a very, very, very strong Spanish accent. So I hope that you can understand uh, my words. This is the charm. This is the charm, Monica. That's what it is. It is a charm, not the challenge. <laughs> uh, well, even having traveled to amazing places and communities on this planet, I think that any simple everyday experience, like shopping for bread around the corner, can be as exciting and amazing as eating fish with a pill diver from the Bayou tribe that are the gypsies of the South Sea of Indonesia. Sure, this latest experience sounds more exotic and unusual, but by this I mean that each moment is unique and magical and it all depends on how we approach life. Outside of this, I could mention the smuggling bazaar in Pakistan. The smuggling bazaar is a very particular place where you can find any kind of illegal thing. By talking of illegal, I mean electrodomestics, bicycles, drugs, fake money, and weapons. So you're saying that you can actually, with money, buy fake money? Yes, with money you can buy fake money and depending on the quality of the fake thing it will be the price. Better the imitation, uh, the higher the, the price. This is a very unusual, really one of the most unusual places I've ever been in my life. Excellent, excellent. And you've gone through some experiences there because obviously, um, well, you, you, you were taken there and it's almost a kind of ceremony, in a way. Well, I see you are curious about what I'm meaning about this place. <laughs> well, this place, it's a kind of touristic place in Pakistan, in its border with Afghanistan. The Khyber Pass is the natural border, a cross place between Afghanistan and, and Pakistan. 
and and this market uh, you are ringed by the by a guide and we, you were with a military with you. Then uh, first you enter the the smuggler market where you can find electrodomestics, uh, televisions, bicycles, things that didn't uh, didn't pay its uh, their own taxes. And then uh, you go into a second area where there are small shops uh, where they sell, where they suppose only sell hachis, not cannabis. Uh, you know that the, these cultures smoke a lot of uh, cannabis. But once you enter into these small shops, they have a secret door where you enter into a, another place where the big deal, where the big business are, are done, no? And there is where they show you uh, pues all kinds of fake money, all kinds of weapons, all kinds of drugs. No? I've seen things I've never seen in my life, no? And as I explained, this is like a touristic attraction, no? In, probably in London, people go to the British Museum, and here in Pesawar, you go to the Smuggler Bazaar and you see how to buy a Kalashnikov or to buy a kilo of heroin or to buy a million dollars. Like something normal, like an everyday thing, no? But in my entire life, 30 years traveling around the, the world is the most strange place I've ever been. And I've been in very, very interesting places, no? I cross all Ethiopia, the Afarlands, the Omo Valley, without guide, eh? by hitchhiking. That is not the same doing these things I do with an agency, with a 4x4 car, and with a guy that, as I do, with, I go myself, I take public transport, maybe the, the maximum I go to, into a village, I see somebody has a motorbike, and then I go. And the, and the world is full of amazing places, but the smuggler bazaar is too much. Exactly. I mean, that's what it really is fascinating about Monica, is that she, you know, she walks, she hikes, she hitchhikes, and she also told me a story. Um, you were in uh, somewhere, either in Pan, um, Pakistan or India, where you actually traveled by cart and camel. Oh, I will never forget that story, <laughs> honestly. Who travels by cart and camel by herself? Monica. Monica Fernandez Arco has a good story for us. Well, yes, I, I did twice this kind of trip because there are some remote communities that the only manner to, to reach them is or by 4x4 or by a camel car that can go through what is called in India Cacharrastas. These are small alleys, sand alleys, and the only way I, I, I've been encountering people who didn't know about the European release. Who never, it's not that they didn't see before a white person, it's that they didn't know the existence. So unbelievable. So this is the way I choose this manner of traveling that is so beautiful because you travel five kilometers an hour and it's a very nice manner to enter into the, the culture because there is a cultural shock. So I take my airplane from Spain, I arrive wherever in the world, and I, must, I still carry on my cultural values and ideas and ways of doing things, no? But by this manner, slowly, slowly, you enter into the, the culture, no? 
you get to know much and more. Uh, they are, these are long trips. It's not one week traveling in this manner. We are talking about months, no. That is the way to, to go inside and deeper. Because, because of course you you spend uh, you spend time in Menorca, um, in the Balearic Islands, in Spain during the summer, and then you go off literally on the search uh, through humanity, um, search for um, jewelry and textiles um, which belong to tribes. But then one important thing to stress is that, and to emphasize is that. Um, we're not talking about the um, how precious and how valuable. Quite the opposite. There is actually jewellery that really brings the everyday experience um, into into play. And um, the, the question that comes to mind is what traveling the world on your own, and also obviously as a photographer, capturing the essence of one moment lived with people through your photography has taught you. Are we all the same after all? Well, that is a, it's, it's a very, very good uh, question because in the first moment, so apparently, we are very different. But we are all humans and all we have the same needs. You know, all, all we need to, to reproduce, to feed our children, to, to eat every, every day. You know, to, we, we have all the, the same the same needs, no? Uh, and what I realize is that uh, there are archetypes, human archetypes that are always the same wherever we go. This is very interesting because uh, after 30 years, I realized, oh my God, usually I, I go without guide and uh, without a common language or anything in common. But there is a moment I understand the subject, the individual in front of me. is the same than how many others I met uh, before, and that makes very easy my way to communicate with people. So, so most of the times I, I always find the same kind of person. You know? It's a kind of crazy one, it can be a man or, or a woman, that it will introduce me into the community by craziness. And these kind of persons are very useful for me because it's very difficult to enter in a community without a connection, without anyone. It is no. difficult, you Sometimes. know, here in Europe, let alone, you know, in, in uh, How cultures. do you arrive in a group in a village? Hey, as I do many times, hey, hello, I'm with my best smile, I'm a meter and a half. No, and they see me like, from where this woman came from? No, how, how rich it is this way? But by this kind of characters that I guess that my personality attracts this kind of archetypes, pues I can do my, my work, my research, and it's very beautiful. It's fantastic. It is actually, again, a window really through for us, through, through what humankind is, uh, is all about. And of course, by you know, just, just arriving um, unexpected, uh, unexpected and uninvited, let's say, into a village. Do you get invited into people's home? How are you usually received? Just tell us about an adult, for instance, that just by being welcomed or not welcomed, you know, depending on the situation that you have lived. In general, uh, humans, uh, we are very beautiful and we are welcoming. 
but they say that humans uh, we have archetypes, societies as well. So there are some societies where people is very welcoming and friendly, and other societies that they don't want to have connection or contact with uh, people from abroad. I never go to non-contact communities because I think we need to preserve those humans who decide long time ago to be isolated. But those ones where I can, I can go, I find all kinds of situations. Majority of the people is really welcoming, especially the, the Asiatic uh, continent. Asia, the hospitality is a value in all the continent, in all the, the continent. And I have many, very beautiful stories you know, about people just in the middle of the night say, hey, come to my house. And then I go in the house and the family is sleeping in the rice sack on the floor without bed. And they put me between them like if I was a member of, of the family when they just met me half an hour before because it was a midnight train that dropped us in the middle of nowhere and they were coming back at their own homes. But I didn't even know where to go or where I was or things like, like that. Which is actually incredible because you're talking about instinct when it comes to trust when it comes to um well fear because most of the time you know what and who we do not know the first reaction is you know just to have cautious and uh, to, to 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 have a little bit of fear of how can you go and sleep in someone's home without knowing this person and how can these people just you know welcome you um without even knowing where you've just appeared from. So this is absolutely, it's like a lesson really of trust and and just getting out of the fear, which most of the time really conditions us as human beings. Well, fear is a, is a positive feeling uh, that or emotion that can save us from many things, but also is the shadow of our existence, no? by fear we will not do many things. By traveling, if you are a fearful person, pues, probably you will not be a great traveler. I understand that the, our cosmos is perfect. So if I'm in the cosmos, I understand that whatever happens in my life is going to be perfect as well. It doesn't mean that if I find somebody that give me a bad vibration, I follow that one. I follow my vibrations, mostly. And most of the times, uh, through 30 years traveling, I had all kinds of things, and bad things happened to me. They are very few, really very, very few. Most of the times, I always find angels, because I also understood long time ago that when you are in your way, in the way, that, in the way of your life, things will come to nourish, to provide that you reach your goal. No? So in, in that sense, yes, sometimes you have anxiety. Every time I go traveling, I have a little anxiety, thinking, oh, how it will be. But this anxiety is in the border with emotion as well. No? It's these butterflies, are the butterflies, exactly. In the, in the stomach and 
we are very beautiful, really. I think we need to talk in positive about humanity and to recover the hope yeah. for a future. It's very need, important. Need, absolutely, need of positivity, need of hope. And, and well, you have discovered this through your, your, your travels, really, because you do get in, to- in contact with, with people all the time. And, um, well, you have traveled all the four corners, really, of the world, different continents. And um, in, in your travels through Africa, India, remote Middle East destinations, um, your, you, you, you source textiles and original jewelry, which are part of your collection. Can you talk to us about two of the most distinctive pieces or the, the, the pieces that are kind of closer to your heart, let's say, that you've ever found? Well, this is a very complex question because I have a lot, more than 3,000 pieces between jewelry and textiles. And they are all my kids, my children. No? So how, to, how to say which is your favorite? That is, is difficult, no? But okay, I understand that I will mention like a, it's a special necklace. I found it in the Swat Valley in, in, the, in, the, in the Pakistani Indocus. And I bought it to a farmer that while digging his garden found it a collection of um, shell beads and two shell bracelets probably from very 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 ancient times it's incredible beauty these these pieces and how they were found and where I got them was for me makes make me feel like it's an very beautiful and special thing to mention. But I will mention as well something that I don't have in the collection. And once I was in the in the Omo Valley, I was in a weekly market, and it was this amazing hammer women, woman, so good looking, so beautiful dressing with her goat skin. These people, they still dress with the skins of the, the animals they take care, they are pastoralists, they are melodic. And this woman had a huge round earrings that uh, I thought, oh my God, she's so sexy with this. But when I put my, my attention on the rings, I realized they were the, the boards, the, the hard boards that the Turkish airlines used to to label the suitcases. Right. Yes, 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 yes. No? And it was like, oh my God, I cannot believe, because I had seen other African people using whatever, like hardboard, uh, uh, maybe a character uh, in blue color against the brown of the hardboard, and they, they cut and make something. But like these round earrings, I've never seen something so simple and so sexy. So they were the Turkish Airlines yes. uh, labels that they used just to basically just to label yes. up suitcases. Yes. Amazing. Amazing. Where did she find them? Well, uh, this is uh, this is a question I make my myself. I don't know because uh, this woman didn't speak English and I didn't speak uh, her language as well. But uh, probably uh, from from a tourist. Maybe because this, this area attracts very wealthy tourists that they pay a lot of money 
to INCs to go to the Omo Valley. This area has become like a human circus. It's a shame. All these amazing photos about the Omo Valley people with those uh, facial paintings, those uh, decorations on the head are all fake. They are paid. Uh, if you ask the, the individual to put a cocodrile on the head, they will put a, a cocodrile. And it's the, by those photos, is the, the little income these communities take out from the huge business that it has become uh, doing photography travel in the, in the, in the Omo Valley. Which is something that is so far, really, from what you actually do. Yes, it's very, it's really very fast. So yeah. that difference probably was from so you were talking before about, um, you know, the practice of adorning oneself with jewellery and, um, and also with, uh, with uh, textiles. Um, how does the um, practice of adorning oneself with jewellery differs between, say, remote African regions and what we know in Europe for both men and women? Uh, well, I think that the, the reasons why humans we adorn ourselves are very, very similar. One of them is the identity, the other is the beauty, and the other is the, the protection. Our modern or European society is not tribal any longer, but it doesn't mean that by wearing a piece of jewelry you don't put yourself in a, in a specific economical class. So I, when I see an aristocrat with an emerald necklace, I see the same thing when I see a Turkana woman with seven kilos of European glass beads on, on, her, on her neck. Identity. Uh, beauty and that beauty, especially for, for women, give us um, how to say the self-esteem you know, in that in that manner. And also um, in in a chat that we had before, uh, one of the many actually, because it's so fascinating. Really, we could have like a three million hours podcast with Monica. Um, you were talking about the um, women who actually adorn themselves for protection. Uh, yes, uh, there are different kind of uh, jewelry uh, through different communities around the world that use the jewelry for, for protection. No? Uh, many times we criticize the giraffe women from North Myanmar and Thailand, and we don't understand that the reason of that particular uh, uh, sets of necklaces are to protect the woman from the environment uh, they live. It means they live in the jungle. The jungle was full of tigers, and that jewelry has been protecting the, the women from this kind of danger. Other kind of jewelry has been protecting people from the war by the torques, by the huge bracelets they can be used as a school. Yeah, like no. an armor, definitely, because of course, if you, if you think of the um, giraffe women, basically, you know, they, they protect their neck because the first um, w w one of the, the, the places where the tigers would actually attack is the neck. 
and then you were talking about wearing these very very big jewelry in terms of uh, large bracelets in order to protect themselves as uh, well if you are actually attacked by by someone uh, during, yeah, during exactly. the maybe the origin of the use of these jewelries was that protection maybe nowadays there are no more tigers anymore maybe there is not a war situation mm -hmm. any longer but the jewelry has remained it as a symbol of, of identity and beauty of and this is what i wanted to to explain of how we the europeans or the westerners we are always criticizing the others and i was one time in that position i was criticizing or talking negative about a kind of jewelry and then the, the answer i had made me understand everything because that person told to me okay you are criticizing our way but what about your hips the heels on the women's shoes you're talking about high heels high like heels, stilettos exactly. and high right. heels no for them it's a kind of torture but for us it's a symbol of power and beauty in in a woman then after this question i i totally understood that yes that uh, maybe in our eyes we can see symbols of pain as is the scarification as is the use of these uh, huge plates in the Omo Valley people in some of these communities that maybe the origin of using these things was to avoid to be cut as slaves and nowadays are symbol of identity and we think wow how can you pierce the lip of your daughter no and no, for them it's a symbol of, of beauty nowadays, but it was a way to, to protect to themselves. themselves. I mean, that, that's the interesting and fascinating thing about the collection, is that really it just goes back in time, although of course you're not an anthropologist, but then only by researching and finding, and also living the day-to-day -day with, with, with the people, with the tribes, you actually discover the reason why, through history, this jewellery has actually gone through um, an evolution itself and um, th there are some similarities I mean what springs to mind is for instance color like are there any particular recurrent colors in in different continents in different tribes that you can think well I encountered these in uh, Afghanistan I encountered these in Africa I encountered these in the Middle East something that springs to mind that brings everything together well uh, I'm not an specialist, I'm not an anthropologist, uh, I'm a collector and I'm very interested in the, in the subject. So I don't have a deep knowledge, but I have a wide knowledge, no superficial but, but wide. And I could say that red color is common to all the cultures in the, in the world. And if, if we observe flags, national flags, we can see in almost all of them the, the, the red color yeah. that symbolize the blood. But the, the red has a double meaning. It can be the, the blood of the nation, mm -hmm. but it can be the blood of the menstruation. And in, in jewelry, in ancestral, in all, in traditional jewelry, in all the cultures, we will find a red beads, yeah. something red yeah. on, the, on the jewelry that symbolize the menstruation of the woman and the fertility of the woman. Through menstruation, women get uh, pregnant. And that presence of the red in the jewelry 
will protect the woman from bad spirits, from jealousy, or uh, it will promote the capacity of having children, no? the, the fertility of the, of the woman. So the common color really is red in, in, many, in many tribes and in many corners of, of the world. That is really interesting because basically it's just a constant discovery. And, um, well, talking about discovery and co talking about I, I experience. Say, yeah. yeah, that about the red color, no? that nowadays in our uh, culture, red uh, has not that meaning. When a woman dresses in red, is not thinking in getting pregnant, but is feeling powerful. But probably that self-esteem that brings the red is coming from a, a genetic a memory, a genetical memory, where women has been using the red to have babies, and that was giving the empowerment of the woman. Of the more children, the, the, the better woman you, you were in the past. Absolutely. So that, that, that's the fascination of connecting, really. I mean, some, some, you know, some people would say, oh, jewellery is something that is so, um, well, something that is so superficial in a way, but it is not because it carries a lot of history behind. And the teaching... I, I can say about the yeah. superficiality, one of the things, it's not the only thing, but one of the things that make us different from our ancestors, the hominids, is jewelry and decoration. Of course, yeah, because in it's the, not the mundane thing, is actually. In the moment that we take consciousness of our individuality, yeah. and we start to adorn ourselves, to make a difference from the other, or to protect, in, since the very beginning, in terms, it is said, that in terms when, in, of, uh, Economical stress or in war is the time where more lipsticks well, are yes. sold. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So I've seen from my own business that when Spain was in an economical crisis, and I thought, oh my God, my, my business is over. No, no, I start to sell much more than the years where the economy was very strong. Very interesting, actually, and uh, again, it brings a lot of experience and it brings a lot of, of teaching. And what I would like you to um, tell me, and just you know, literally in this in this journey that we're going through with you, is what is the most profound teaching um, you have learned from your travels, and why? Well, I think the the, the most important thing I, I have learned is that humans, we are all very similar, that uh, we are very beautiful, very, very, very beautiful, and that our expressions, our diversity, is according to the ecological diversity, and that what we need is a strong, how, how to say, legal, legal war, we need governments to protect our nation. We need heroes to follow in a positive manner. No? We need to recover the faith of, of humanity. Well, that, that's something that we touched on uh, before recording, that we were talking about, um, well, the hope, and we were talking about these 
existence and this interconnection that you have based on trust and based on um, well on, on just the curiosity really of discovering more and more and more about the other person and it is all down also to vibration it is all down to energy when you enter like a new village obviously you go with such a positive attitude with such a such a, a love such so much love and such a vibrant really vibrant energy that they can't refuse you you know that's why they all welcome you most of the times as you said you must have like a couple of incidents but then mostly you really shine um well positivity and and really can relate to so many many beautiful moments all around the world which really is a testimony that mankind is not so bad really so fantastic it really is monica um well thank you so much because we we have traveled with you through such a curious and unexpected journey and this has all been thanks to your accounts um your collection is a treasure is a treasure of passion for humanity and a celebration of the variety of culture of our world and it is going to be actually uh, all put together in an exhibition that you are preparing in uh, um in Menorca um Balearic Islands in Spain and the exhibition is going to be scheduled for um June 2022 but we're not revealing more or much about this because we will have another podcast with uh, with Monica um talking specifically about this fascinating um exhibition which she's really working hard on and you're actually just off to Turkey um can you just give us just a little glimpse of what you're going to find and what are you actually looking for in order to 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 complete this exhibition well i'm uh, the reason why i'm going now to turkey is is two one is to visit uh, some friends and the other is to go to cappadocia to to wander again because it's one of these amazing places is november is getting cold and is empty of tourism and other people is like all those valleys just for yourself so this is why i'm going right and now again is cappadocia is another place which is full of history and it is full of such uh well an intriguing way of of looking at at history as well so monica thank you ever so much and i am reminding um all of you who have listened to this fascinating um journey through humanity that you can listen to our podcast on our website www.flavored.it or on spotify and itunes monica a big hug and a big thank you again Okay, thanks a lot for listening till this point. Sorry for my poor English, but okay, this is what it is and we are all great. It has been a great pleasure. Thank you very much to all of you for listening.